feel free to. Thank you. The recording is in progress. Um, please feel free to uh, say hello in the chat. Um, and for everyone to see your comments, uh, the chat setting, of course, needs to be on all panelists and attendees. And if you're visiting us from another congregation or society, please uh, mention that as well. I understand we are expecting some visitors from the Baltimore Ethical Society this morning. So welcome to you folks. And you might want to get whatever it is you'd like to have on hand for our time together, uh, something to drink, something to, uh, I don't know, take notes with, who knows? Anyway, uh, welcome. Uh, Robin says, happy fourth, y'all. Thank you, Robin. Good morning to Jeff from the wilds of Northern Frederick County. Oh, deepest, darkest, huh? I <laughs> uh, hope you're enjoying the weekend up there. Good morning, Shirley. Glad to have you with us. Thought of you the other day, uh, and of course, Donna Radner, uh, another of our um, artists in residence here. Uh, Alita and I went to the craft show at Strathmore and saw one of Donna's quilts. Morning, Brian and Leanne, hello. Hello, Catherine, glad to have you back. Um, as to your question about when Wes will be back in person, the current plan, as I understand it, is to start having platforms uh, um, streamed from the hall in, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, middle or late September, and gradually increasing the number of people who can attend there as well. Again, uh, two caveats, that's my understanding and the current plan. Uh, so both of those are subject to change. Uh, Jeff says, no, greenest and wettest. Okay, actually it's beautifully sunny this morning. Yes, it is here too as well. Good morning, Donna, glad to have you with us. Yes, that's, thank you, Abby. Thank you for reminding me. I would have announced that later on, but it's a good time to mention it. Uh, there's also the in-person picnic scheduled for Rock Creek Park on Saturday, August 21st. So that's a good opportunity to get back in face-to-face -face, uh, con connection with each other. Good morning, Jeff Williams on your first visit. So glad to have you with us. Glad you could join us today. Good morning, Patty and Paul. Yes, happy Independence Day. We'll be getting started with the platform in just a, another moment or two. Want to give people a chance to get settled in uh, with your uh, candle. If, if you want to have a candle for our candle lighting with uh, whatever you want to have to drink, um, you know, whatever you need to be comfortable for our time together. All right, well, I think we'll get started. The opening words today are from Winston Churchill addressing the House of Commons in 1947. The beginning of the quotation has been widely paraphrased, but it turns out there is more to it. And I think the latter part adds some real depth to the quotation. 
It has been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. But there is the broad feeling in our country that the people should rule and that public opinion expressed by all constitutional means should shape, guide, and control the actions of ministers who are their servants and not their masters. And speaking of new depths, I now invite you to enjoy, enjoy our opening music, a very familiar song in a new rendition. was just gorgeous. Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Perry Biter. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm the efficient for today's platform. This is what democracy looks like. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after platform service for our virtual coffee hour, chance to say hello in person or in virtual, whatever. You know what I mean. Uh, the chat will stay open for the platform except for the platform address itself. Um, if you don't want to see the chat, you're welcome to go ahead and minimize it and to turn on or off the closed captioning as you prefer. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. No one has signed up to read it today, so I will do the honors. And I am indeed honored to read these words that I find so personally meaningful and that our community reaffirmed last month at the spring membership meeting. The sign-up list at tiny.cc slash readSOP has lots of Sundays unspoken for, and I encourage everyone to consider taking the opportunity to let us hear you. Our community is for everyone, not just the usual suspects. All right. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. 
With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Now, if you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it uh, and, and I invite everyone to join me in the candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the widespread suffering and tragic deaths from the unprecedented heat wave this week in the Western United States and Canada. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit to all that calls for our work and our love. For today's meditation, our platform speakers and I will begin by taking turns reading the opening stanzas of The Hill We Climb, the poem that Amanda Gorman wrote and presented at President Biden's inauguration. But first, please take a moment to get comfortable in your seat. You might wanna start with a few deep breaths, focusing on releasing any tension that you find in your body. If you're comfortable, you may want to close your eyes or just soften your gaze. The hill we climb. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always justice. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We the successors of a country, time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge a union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. 
And so we lift our gazes, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. We continue our meditation in silence and then with a musical meditation.
I am delighted to introduce our distinguished panel of West members who will be sharing their perspectives with us this morning. We'll hear first from Abby Dakin, pronouns she, her. Abby has had many volunteer roles at West over the years and currently serves on the board of trustees. She met her spouse, John Dakin here at West and was actually in labor with her second child during a platform. Her background is in physics and engineering, and she now works on sustainability and policy issues at EPA in the Energy Star program. Following Abby will be Kate Lang. Kate's been a member for 12 years with her daughter, Susanna. She has served on the SEEK team and recently completed three years as a trustee on the board. And I can say personally, it was terrific working with her during her year uh, as the board's liaison to the Lay Leadership Development Committee. In her non-West life, Kate is an attorney at the nonprofit organization Justice in Aging. And Kate's pronouns are she and her. Um, after Kate, we'll hear from Brennan Barber, he, him. Uh, Brennan lives in DC and works on Capitol Hill as a congressional staffer. He joined Wes in 2016 with his spouse, Hannah Uri. He's volunteered for the OWL program and many of us got to see him in action as parliamentarian for some of our membership meetings. Thanks to all three of you. Abby, please start us off. Um, Abby has disappeared from Ooh. our group. And Ooh. so I suggest we start with Kate. Okay, plan B. Okay. So it all started with you, Taft Morales, uh, leader of the Baltimore and Philadelphia Ethical Societies. In June 2020, he contacted Wes's former leader, Amanda Poppy, to see if we wanted to participate in the Reclaim Our Vote campaign. The Reclaim Our Vote campaign was officially launched in 2018 by the Center for Common Ground. It's a part nonpartisan effort to reach out to voters of color in states like Georgia, Alabama, Virginia, Texas, and Mississippi states with a long history of voter suppression. The tools of the Reclaim Our Vote campaign include postcards, phone banks, text banks, get out the vote billboards in key areas, door-to-door -door canvassing, rides to the polls, and election monitoring. They don't support particular candidates or parties, but rather seek to fight voter suppression, deepen democracy, and establish electoral justice for all. Personally, I felt like it was important to do something to promote participation in the 2020 election. I was very concerned about what I was hearing around efforts to suppress the rights of voters, but what could I as one individual do alone? I was looking for a way where I could be one, uh, one volunteer among thousands, reaching out to millions of potential voters. Participation, participating in Reclaim Our Vote was something that I was enthusiastic about. I could provide this logistical support for co coordinating postcard writers from West, getting them postcards, uh, giving them the names and addresses of voters, providing scripts for what to write on the postcards, and getting them mailing labels and stamps. And on our postcards, we wouldn't just be encouraging people to vote, but also providing them with information about how to check on their registration status before their state's deadline and giving them information about how to find out about where and how they could vote. 
So a year ago, I volunteered to coordinate Wes's participation with the Reclaim Our Vote campaign. Hugh and I asked Wes members to let us know how many postcards they would be willing to write and send to marginalized voters. In that first round, we sent 600 postcards to voters in Wake County, North Carolina. Uh, these postcards were the first phase of a multi-touch effort by Reclaim Our Vote. Each of the voters who got a postcard would then get a follow-up call as part of a phone bank, and when election day approached, they would be contacted again by Reclaim Our Vote to make sure they knew where their polling place was and if they needed a ride to the polls. And when the election came around, in this one county in North Carolina, over 100,000 more voters participated in the 2020 presidential election than had participated in the 2016 election. I then got connected with UU's for Social Justice, Reeb Voting Campaign out of All Souls Church in DC, which was supporting congregations in the DMV area, connecting with the Reclaim Our Vote campaign. So we got additional support uh, from the Reeb Voting Project. For that next round of postcards, we sent 900 postcards in July and August. These were bilingual postcards in Spanish and English that we sent to voters in Hidalgo County, Texas. And those voters had recently been purged from the voter registration rolls. So we really needed to contact them before the registration deadline in Texas. In this county, more than 45,000 voters participated in the 2020 election than in 2016. And for our third round of postcards, we sent 750 postcards in September with a very quick turnaround uh, deadline to voters in Gwinnett County, Georgia, which the Atlanta uh, Journal-Constitution had described as ground zero in the fight over voter suppression. And after the uh, results were in, there were more than 82,000 more voters casting ballots in the 2020 election than the, the 2016 election in Gwinnett County, Georgia. By the time of the election in November, through this effort, 17 West members had participated in sending out 2,250 postcards to voters in three states. And there were a couple of members who contacted me after I had distributed all of our postcards who weren't able to participate in our Reclaim Our, uh, the Reclaim Our Vote campaign because we had run out of postcards. Of all the West members who did participate, I must make a special mention of Sean Evans, who wrote postcards herself and also helped to connect us with members of the Silver Spring Village. And those people also helped with writing and sending many, many postcards we were able to send hundreds more postcards with their participation than we could have just with the volunteers from Wes alone. For those who are not familiar with the village movement, villages are grassroots community-based organizations which offer programs and needed services for adults who wish to age in place. Thanks to Sean's membership in both Wes and the Silver Spring Village, we were able to do so much more together but we weren't done yet. We agreed to send another round of 750 postcards to voters in Gwinnett County, Georgia in December, 
and support of the January 5th runoff election for the two Senate seats from Georgia. And in the end, we had sent a total of 3,000 postcards to voters in North Carolina, Texas, and Georgia. It would have been impossible for any one of us to do so much alone, but by coming together, we were each able to take part in this campaign to empower underrepresented voters to participate fully in the 2020 elections. And we will have more to do in the future. As of June 21st of this year, 17 states have enacted 28 new laws that restrict access to the vote. With some state legislatures still in session, we fear there will be more laws that seek to prevent future elections from achieving the historic turnout that we saw in 2020. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Abby, glad to have you back with us. Why don't you go ahead next? Thanks, Perry. So for myself, I struggle with the feeling that no amount of political activism I could do will be enough in the face of the dissolution of the democracy I've always relied on. The democracy I grew up in is dissolving as I come to understand that its institutions have only ever served as it promises for folks like me, not for everyone. The democracy I live in now is dissolving into information bubbles, partisanship, and recrimination. And most frighteningly, the democracy I count on for my future and that of my children is threatened by a slide into autocracy, which is not nearly slow enough. In the face of all this, how could any action I take be enough, particularly considering that I'm not ready to quit my job and, and of course, I've been fairly occupied raising children? <clears throat> Fortunately for me, some attractive opportunities to do just a little bit have arisen. The easiest part is that I've been an active donor to campaigns, large and small, as well as to voting access campaigns, as I've been able. But today, mostly, I want to talk about my volunteer work. In March 2018, my spouse, John, did the legwork for our whole family to canvas in the critical special election where centrist Democrat Connor Lamb ran to fill an empty seat, empty because a Republican stepped down amid allegations of wrongdoing in Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district outside Philip, uh, Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Connor Lamb won that race by less than 1,000 votes. It was easy for us, partly because I have a high school friend who could host us in Pittsburgh. We encouraged our kids who were then in elementary school to bring their kick scooters as we canvassed. Later that year, I signed up online to participate in a handwritten postcard campaign, Postcards for Virginia, to send notes to registered Democrats in key swing districts there. I worked on the 100 postcards assigned to me over several weeks. I even took them on a business trip and knocked off 30 or so in my hotel room after the conference day. It felt good to have a task in that lonely circumstance. This particular campaign, we made the postcards start to finish. In other words, they weren't pre-printed. In the 2018 midterms, my family again canvassed, including now a tween on crutches, for Abigail Spanberger, who successfully challenged Dave Bratt in Virginia's 7th Congressional District outside Richmond. Spanberger won by less than 7,000 votes, and we like to think some of the people in her margin were people we talked to. 
Most recently in 2020, my family participated in uh, the much more sophisticated postcard campaign, Reclaim Our Vote, as Kate was just talking about. This time, three of the four of us worked together to do one batch of postcards to North Carolina and one to Georgia, where Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff won their seats and helped secure a Democratic majority in the House to support the Biden-Harris administration. In fact, given the narrow margin, presidential margin in Georgia, it's possible it helped there be a Biden-Harris administration. So thanks, to, thanks, Kate, for doing the organizing. Looking back, these efforts have a few things in common. Firstly, they were all relatively easy. I got to be the ground troops. Next, they were strategic. I was able to apply my little bit of help in places where it could have an outsized influence. This is why in several of these cases, my efforts were to Democrats, went to Democrats whose policies were not necessarily my favorite choices. That's who had primaried successfully and had a chance of winning in these swing districts. I'm a practical person and the results, Democratic majority, getting particularly vile conservatives out of office, encouraging a marginal area leftward and supporting broader participation in the political process matter more to me than ideological alignment. In cases where the margin was narrow, the hundred doors I knocked on felt like a real contribution. Lastly, each of these efforts involved reaching out to others, person to person. Maybe I wasn't a neighbor they know, but I was there with my kids to talk to them individually about the upcoming election. I was there clearly volunteering because this was something I felt was worth my time. And furthermore, I was there to listen. For the postcards when we, I couldn't listen, they had our names, our art, the time we used to make them. It was essentially a personal appeal, reaching out to other people, individuals making their own decisions, to inspire them to do what's best for our country. I'm attracted to canvassing and that kind of postcard writing for some of the same reasons I came to ethical culture. Nevertheless, what I've done never felt like enough and it still doesn't, but I have a way to think about it that helps me and maybe it'll help you too some. Several years ago, we were encouraged to take a stone home with us from Stone Soup. It was a semi-polished river stone rough in places and smooth in others. Since then, I've kept it with me. Well, until I lost it, and then I found a new one and kept that. When I feel judgmental towards my contributions as a volunteer at work and my family, I remind myself of the central lesson of the stone soup story, or at least what I took from it that year, which is, I am not obligated to feed the village. But even if I'm embarrassed that all I have to contribute is two wrinkly carrots, I am obligated to throw them in. My embarrassment is my problem, but the soup is better, and in fact might not really exist without my meager contributions. So I must deal with it and throw them in. Thanks, Abby. Brennan? Thank you, Kate and Abby, for sh sharing your personal stories um, with voter engagement. I've loved hearing them. Uh, I was so excited to hear from Lynn about this platform topic because these themes are directly related to my work as a congressional staffer. 
By way of background, as some of you already know, I've worked on Capitol Hill for a little over 12 years. I'm actually not as long, young as I look. Over the course of my time on the Hill, I've served in several offices in a variety of roles, but have most recently been a policy advisor for the second half of my career. Before I started on the Hill, and also sporadically throughout my time here, I've also worked on election campaigns. This is the perspective I'm bringing to you all today. One of my favorite descriptions of the Capitol building is that it's a temple of democracy. As I've been mostly working from home for well over a year now, I've come to see how much I miss the place that is the Capitol. I miss seeing the dome gleaming in bright sunshine or beautifully lit over a dark sky. I miss seeing the worn marble steps concave from many footfalls. I miss it as a place of peaceful protest where the first amendment can be exercised with loud chanting that echoes up and through the heart atrium where I work. Chanting that became a roar during the Kavanaugh protests in 2018. Can also be a place of quiet vigils where parents tell stories about lost children and explain how they're seeking to prevent what happened to their family from ever happening again. It's a place where humans and institutions collide and try to make change. And six months ago, as you all know, it was the place of an insurrection. The building itself was assaulted in tandem with our democratic process. The assaults came from both the rioters who contributed to the deaths of US Capitol Police officers and also from actors within our political system itself. At the time from the executive down Pennsylvania Avenue and also from within, from members of Congress who sought to overturn the election results. It was a really scary time. In some ways, it still very much is. I know like a lot of West members and those around the country, I'm resting a bit easier these days, but I'm also still weird. We're in a very tough moment. We essentially have one party that's not committed to the rule book and is willing to undermine voting rights to hold on to power. It's not a minor thing. But something that gives me hope, though, is that many Americans are engaging in democracy in new and profound ways. There's renewed vigor around the voting process, new levels of engagement, volunteerism, and so on. And the 2020 election saw record-breaking turnout. And I've also seen a new level of recognition about the reality of our institutions, like the Electoral College, which used to simply be accepted as the status quo. People, people are rightfully scrutinizing all aspects of our institutions and finding the stamps of systemic racism and calling for reforms befitting an actual multi-ethnic democracy. It's my greatest hope that more and more Democrats, electeds and voters continue to see that they must be part of the fight and strike a blow on behalf of democracy itself. This means taking action like passing a voting rights bill, something that could ban partisan gerrymandering, do automatic voter registration, do 15 days of early voting, make election day a holiday and reinvigorate the Voting Rights Act and so on. This isn't an impossible task, but it requires pressure and action to see it through. As engaged citizens, you all have a critical role to play. I highly recommend checking out the group Indivisible's recommendations for wielding constituent power wherever you live. They published a quote that relates to the mindset of members of Congress that I think is apt and good to keep in mind. There go the people. I must follow them for I am their leader. Many West members, especially those who live in Montgomery County, Maryland, have some great members of Congress already. Representative Jamie Raskin, Senators Chris Van Hollen and Ben Cardin, all pretty great. 
and yet Maryland also has Governor Larry Hogan. So while my focus today has certainly been on the federal level, please do not neglect political activity focused at the local and state levels as well. They're just as important and sometimes much more accessible. In my mind, democracy is a practice. Our nation's outcome is not preordained. And as Amanda Gorman's poem says, it is unfinished. I believe democracy is our chance to shape it. Thank you. Thank you to all three of our speakers. A lot to think about and a lot to take in. Um, in a moment, we will have our uh, community response period during which you can offer a thought based on what you've heard today, <clears throat> how it resonates in your own life. You may want to consider a uh, prompt, writing prompt question, uh, which you can see on the screen. How have you contributed to democracy or how would you like to contribute in the future? And while you are thinking about that or any other aspect of the platform this morning, I invite you to enjoy our musical response written by Leah Morris and inspired by Amanda Gorman's poem. This is Be the Light. There is always a light. When we're ready to see it, there is always a light. When we're ready to be it, to see the light, to be the light, to raise our eyes in the dark of light, to climb this hill, together we will. There is always a
Wow. <laughs> Leah never ceases to amaze. All right, again, this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, how have you contributed to democracy or how would you like to contribute in the future? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments and I will try to keep up with as many of them as I can. Yeah, lots of appreciation for Leah's music. I will mention one thought that occurred to me um, during our speakers uh, presentations and that was I just attended the kickoff event for a new uh, organization or umbrella uh, coalition, I guess, called the Partnership for American Democracy. And uh, it was really heartening to see how they are working to uh, supercharge a lot of efforts that are already underway uh, and things that could help heal and strengthen our democracy. So looking forward to seeing your comments. Uh, I realize that attendance is probably a little light today on the holiday weekend, but let's see, here's one from Rich Reese. I was moved by all presenters. As Abby suggested, I do what I can and it feels right, although limited. It was nice to see the entire Dakin family in the work for Connor Lamb. <clears throat> Rosemary from also from Baltimore Ethical Society. Hi, this is truly inspiring. I want to know all about all possibilities to contribute to voter efforts. Also, the music was delightful. Thank you, Rosemary. Glad to have you with us today. From Johnny, I am inspired to do more. Oh, from Wayne. Okay, Wayne and Johnny have the same uh, Zoom account, I guess. Great, Wayne. It is certainly a challenge to find. Uh, Catherine Dubois says, where do I put a comment? Um, well, you can put it in the chat like you just did. Um, I'm not sure what else you might have in mind in terms of uh, comment, but um, if it's something, okay, here we go. Um, from Terry Smith, Rich Reese and I drove to York, Pennsylvania in 2018 to canvas door to door for a congressional candidate. Unfortunately, he lost, but the experience of going door to door left a profound impact on me. In particular, I experienced explicit and open racism at one house, where I was told I should be ashamed of supporting a Democrat after they elected Obama. That's one vote I know my candidate did not get. Yes, uh, that is one of the occupational hazards of door to door canvassing. Um, I'm sure there's a certain percentage of uh, cases where you just encounter, if not out and out racism, then certainly rejection of whatever message you're trying to convey. Uh, Stephen Meskin from the Baltimore Ethical Society says, what does sending out a postcard entail? Um, I'm trying to decide what the best way of getting that information to you is, Stephen. Um, if you want to put your email address in the chat, perhaps Kate Lang could get in touch with you offline. <clears throat> Shirley Storm says, all the speaker's words resonated with me. Oh, Kate says, yes, you can send her a chat directly via Zoom. See, I'm a little old school and low tech, but uh, yeah, that would certainly work. <clears throat> 
Anyway, Shirley says, all the speaker's words resonated with me. The enormity of the task overwhelms me and often prevents me from doing my little bit. Uh, it is a big country, and that means, well, as, as the saying goes, it takes a village, or maybe it takes a country, but we're all part of it. Uh, Johnny and or Wayne says, another simple thing to do is Fridays at West for only an hour from five to six, come out for Black Lives Matter. Even one hour once a month is great. Jeff Williams says, I served 19 years in the Navy. I joined because had the Nazis succeeded, me and my Jewish family could not exist. But that said, events of late make me wonder what it was all for. I love my country and the Navy. But I know defending democracy is a whole of society effort. Thanks to all those fighting for it on the front lines in this country. Janice, uh, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing this, Ewartson from uh, the Baltimore Society in New and in New Jersey says, thank you to all. Talks like these help push me to become engaged in voter efforts again. I was involved with moveon.org a long time ago and marches and protests, but have questioned what action could really help. Catherine Dubois, it reminded me of when I would read the Morning Express newspaper on the way to work. I worked at the Biden Cancer Initiative and we would all chat about the news each morning. I miss being this informed. The Morning Express is no longer being published and it can be hard to find the best informed news. What a contribution that little newspaper made. Well, thank you all very much for your comments. I was uh, wondering if this was going to be a low participation day given the holiday, and I'm delighted to have been proven wrong. <clears throat> and just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to No Child Goes Hungry, a local nonprofit that works to feed kids who simply don't have enough to eat. Working directly with schools and grassroots organizations, No Child Goes Hungry provides seed money to start or enhance food programs. And in many cases during the pandemic, they've provided food directly where it's most needed. All of the money we collect for them will go to feeding kids. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text for today's collection. That's 202-335-1885. And alternatively, you can make a gift online through the donate button at the West website, which is ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gift and the gift of music from Cooper Cannell. Again, the number... Sorry. Yeah, there's the Okay, good. I see the uh, number for the text donation is now on the screen.
Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together, starting with our speakers, Abby, Kate, and Brennan, and also interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, and all the musicians she brought to us today. Membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, slide artists, John and Abby Dakin, and tech host, Sonia Coopers. And thanks to all the other terrific West staff members who contribute so much to the life and work of our community. Communications coordinator, Robin Kravitz, who will be hosting today's coffee hour at the conclusion of the platform. Seek assistant, Indara Miles, youth coordinator, Linda Irzeri, and business administrator, Tom Hutton. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. Again, we have coffee hour coming up right after the platform where we'll be divided into breakout rooms for small group conversations, allowing people to drift in and out to greet other folks in other rooms. Then tomorrow night, there's a mindfulness meeting at 7.30. Wednesday has a replay and discussion of today's platform at 8 p.m. And Thursday has a meeting of the improv group also at eight. You can find the details for these and all other events on our website, the calendar at ethicalsociety.org. And looking further ahead, don't forget the community picnic set for Saturday, August 21st, between 3 and 7 p.m. in Rock Creek Park. I know this will be the first chance for many of us to have had to see each other and since the pandemic started. Also a reminder that interim leader Lynn Cox is on vacation and study leave until August 1st. Emails sent to Lynn this month will not be read. If you have a piece of caring news or any other pastoral concern, please email pastoralcare at ethicalsociety.org to reach the volunteer pastoral care associates. If there's an emergency that requires a clergy person, the associates will be able to reach Lynn, but the care we enjoy at West is largely the way we are present for each other. And we anticipate being able to allow Lynn to rest and read up before rejoining us in August. Finally, thank you for being here with us today, and please join us again next Sunday at 1030 when West member Peter Bishop will give the platform address on the subject, Understanding Religion in the 21st Century. Now let's enjoy our closing song, Let It Be a Dance, performed by Rick Mastin. Let it be a dance we do May I have this dance with you Through the good times and the bad times too Let it be a dance In case some of you kids don't know it, we'll do it one more time Let it be a dance we do May I have this dance with you Through the good times and the bad times too let it be a dance, let a dancing song be heard. Play the music, say the words, and fill the sky with sailing birds. And let it be a dance, let it be a dance, let it be a dance. Learn to follow, learn to lead. Feel the rhythm, fill the need. Reap the harvest, plant the seed, and let it be a dance. Let it be a dance we do. 
May I have this dance with you Through the good times and the bad times too Let it be a dance Everybody turn and spin Let your body learn to bend And like a willow with the wind Let it be a dance Let it be a dance let it be a dance. A child is born, the old must die. Time for joy, time to cry. So take it as it passes by and let it be a dance. A let it be a dance we do. May I have this dance with you through the good times and the bad times too. Let it be a dance. The morning star comes out at night. Without the dark, there could be no light. And if nothing's wrong, then nothing's right. So let it be a dance. Let it be a dance. Let it be a dance. Let the sun shine. Let it rain. Share the laughter. Bear the pain. Round and round, we go again. So let it be a dance, let it be a dance we do. May I have this dance with you, through the good times and the bad times too. Let it be a dance, once more, for the mountains. Let it be a dance we do. May I have this dance with you Through the good times and the bad times too Let it be a dance we do Kid concert over! Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was charming. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, finding and nurturing collaboration in the quest for a better world. Again, please join us for virtual coffee hour. Uh, you can find the link in the slide or in the chat. And we look forward to seeing you there. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Uh, have a great weekend. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks so much.